with those snags and setbacks that all of us face? Well, the Success Sisters, Cynthia Bryan and Libby Gill, will handle life hiccups, and we're in the coaching corner coming right up on Star Style. Be the star you are. Come on in and join us. Be the star you are. Hey, have you got a minute? Huh? I'm going to say a word. You tell me what comes to mind. Are you ready? Okay. Tchaikovsky. Gesundheit. Okay, what's the word? No, see, that is the word. What does Tchaikovsky make you think of? I don't know. Allergy season? Uh, hey there, how you doing? What's up? Who's Martha Graham? Mm, she invented the graham cracker. No kidding. Yeah, before her there was only soda crackers. Hard to imagine. Uh, hey young lady? Yeah? Uh, does the name Man Ray mean anything to you? Duh. The man ray is a kind of poisonous jellyfish, and it lives in the Gulf of Mexico. Aha! It's very deadly. Are your kids as well-rounded as they could be? Kids who participate in the arts do better in school and in life. To learn more about the value of arts education, visit americansforthearts.org. Because all kids should get to appreciate Tchaikovsky's music, Martha Graham's dance, and Man Ray's photography. Art. Ask for more. A public service message brought to you by Americans for the Arts and the Ad Council. You're listening to World Talk Radio, where the world comes to talk. Welcome to Radio's finest program of positive book talk. It's the hour of power, star style, be the star you are. My name is Cynthia Bryan, and I am always thrilled to be your personal growth success coach right here on the airwaves, bringing you the authors, the experts, and the professionals to help you enjoy a more fulfilled life. This program is brought to you under the auspices of Be the Star You Are charity, empowering families, women, and youth at risk through improved literacy and positive messages. So get ready to pump your energy, love, learn, laugh, listen, and live your dreams through books and media. And as we announced last week, my goddess gal and dynamic daughter, Heather Brittany, is on hiatus because of university broadcast journalism demands. But you won't be disappointed with my new co-host because we are keeping it in the family. Starting today, we debut an exciting new segment called The Coaching Corner with a brilliant life coach, Libby Gill. And Libby Gill and I are teaming up as your success sisters. And we're going to bring you the information, inspiration, and practical solutions for the challenges of everyday living. Now, besides her coaching, I want to tell you just a little bit about this fabulous lady who will be on with me every week. Libby Gill is a Dallas Morning News columnist. She's the author of two books, including the bestseller, Traveling Hopefully. She's a former entertainment executive, and she is the branding brain behind the launch of the Dr. Phil Show. Hey, that is big stuff. Libby coaches entrepreneurs and corporate executives, and she helps them reach their personal and professional success. She's been featured on CNN, on the Today Show, CBS, uh, The Early Show, of course, Dr. Phil. She's in the New York Times, The Wall Street Journal, O Magazine. Oh, my God, this lady is cooking. I am so excited that she is my success sister. Well, in segment two, it's, you're going to be listening to a great interview with the astrology editor for uh, Vanity Fair magazine, Michael Luton, with his new book, Sunshines, 
And then we're going to go to Colorado to meet John Santambrosio, who's going to talk about his fabulous Art for the Soul retreat, which is held annually in Steamboat Springs. So we have a rockin' show for you today. We want you to sit back, grab your favorite beverage, and get ready to party with the Success Sisters. The Miracle Moment for today is brought to you by Arts for the Soul Retreats in Steamboat Springs, Colorado. And to find out more information or to register for this life-changing event, visit www.artsforthesoul.net. And the Miracle Moment is, this first one's from Samuel Johnson, nothing will ever be attempted if all possible objections must first be overcome, how true that is. And the second one is from Stephen Paul, Remove the rock from your shoe rather than learn how to limp comfortably. Well, every day, no matter who we are, we deal with setbacks and obstacles, large and small. So how do we handle life's hiccups? Well, let's introduce my success sister to you. She's the life coach and the expert in happiness, Libby Gale, and she's going to get us all back on track. Welcome, Libby, to Star Style and my new co-host. Thank you, Cynthia. I'm so thrilled to be here. Oh, my gosh. We are in the coaching corner now, so we are, we are ready to rock and roll, and we're going to have a blast, and the listeners are going to benefit from your years of experience. Oh, well, thank you, and I hope that they'll write us in. They can write in to AskLibby at LibbyGill.com when they've got questions that they want, they want us to answer on the air. Oh, see, that's so great. Okay, everyone, AskLibby.com. So if you want to uh, write in your questions, we'll read them on the air, and then we will get some uh, good success stories to you. So, Libby, let's talk about our topic of today, handling life's hiccups. Well, uh, you, you know, you're the one, you really talk about obstacles and setbacks and what we can do to face it, deal with it, and get over it. So what, what's kind of the thing that you like to do? What do you tell your clients? Well, you know, we know they're coming. You know, if you're alive and breathing on the planet, you know you're going to hit some hiccups along the way. So, so there are a few different things you can do. And, and there, you've got to keep it in perspective, first of all, because there are some of the big life hiccups, the big obstacles, and the big things that we all deal with. But most of them that we're looking at are the smaller kind of day-to-day ones. For example, I'll tell you, I, I had my car in the shop recently. Not once, not twice. But three times, I had it in the shop back-to-back two times, and then I got it out and got hit in a hit-and-run accident and went right back in the shop. Well, you know, they say that three times is the lucky number. If it comes once, it's going to come three well, times. Well, they were right about my vehicle. That's I tell you. So I'm just as cranky as can be, thinking, you know, my life is miserable. I'm pouting. I'm upset. And I'm standing outside the body shop waiting for my ride to come pick me up and just, you know, just under a dark cloud. In the meantime... This fellow, an older, a senior citizen, an older guy in a motorized wheelchair, comes zipping down the sidewalk. I swear he must have been doing 75. Stops in his tracks in front of me. I'm standing under the, you know, auto body shop sign, standing there looking forlorn. And he stops and he looks up at me with his little twinkle in his eye and he says, Hi there, can I give you a lift somewhere? <laughs> and we just cracked up. It was so cute, and we burst out laughing, and that, that was the end of my hiccup. But and talk it just about made... putting it in perspective. Exactly, exactly. It, it, you don't want to make your hiccups bigger than they are. Well, but don't you think that that's what we do just because we're all humans in training, Libby? Yeah, and we do tend to make a bigger deal, but, you know, you can really, it's the half-empty, half-full thing. Make yourself miserable or just get over it. And get on with your life. That's well, my thing. Well, you know thing. what? You just said something so important, Libby. I really believe get over it. I, my favorite words now are two words, two sentences. One is let it go, 
and the other one is this too shall pass. Mm-hmm. But we have to remember that, don't we? We have to remember to let it go. Well, not only you have to remember it, you have to build it into your life in really thoughtful and constructive ways. And, you know, like you, Cynthia, I have a coaching practice, and I work with people by phone across the country. And one of my clients is is a lady named Linda, and she's got a chronic illness, and she deals with it every day of her life. It's called fibromyalgia. And some days she's fine, and other days she's got a lot of pain in her joints and her body. And and she it's, it's triggered by stress, like, you know, how many illnesses are, a lot of them. And she owns this cosmetics company. It's a small business, so she's always dealing with the pressure of shipping and marketing and manufacturing her cosmetics. But when the illness flares up, sometimes it's so bad and it can be so painful, it, she's got to stop everything. She goes right to bed, and it shuts her down completely. And that probably causes more stress, right, because oh, now she has all this other stuff to do. Exactly, and, that, and you perpetuate that cycle. So in working together, I finally convinced her you need a contingency plan. You know setbacks are coming, and in particular, you can anticipate that at some point your illness is going to flare up, so let's do something about it. So she got an office manager. She hired a couple of part-time shipping clerks. She learned, this is a fine art, particularly for women, she learned to delegate. Oh, boy, that, you know what, that's, I think, the hardest one. Not all women, but I know I'm one of the ones that it's, I always think, oh, I'll do it myself, and I think that's something we all have to learn. Uh, I know, and it's, it's, you know, there's sort of a, an arrogance about thinking nobody can do it as well as I do, or I can't let anybody see that I'm less than perfect. I mean, that's absurd. And if we could all get over that, life would be just so much simpler. Asking well, and, you know, help. one thing I just want to piggyback on that, Libby, and say is I think what happens so much with so many of us is that we think, by the time I explain how to do it to somebody else, I could have done it myself. But that's a trap to get into. Well, what if you only explain it one time, and from then on, it can be handled by someone else. Exactly, exactly. So delegate. Delegate. And also, learn to say no. Just There are times that even if it's money through the door or a new client, you may not be equipped for it. You may not be ready for it. You may need a vacation. Whatever it is, sometimes you just have to say no. And that's uh, that's a, another hard one, I think, for women who do too much. And I know for me, I already announced this on the show, this is my year to say no. <laughs> if it doesn't empower me or my family or my business or it's not where I want to go, I'm saying no. And, you know, it's working, Lib. It's really working. Well, you know, and I'm going to hold you to it. Cause that's... I know. You're my success sister. And you are, like, you are going to be my support squad on this. That's right. And we'll teach people how to have accountability buddies and how to get other people in their lives to hold them accountable. And we'll do it for each other in our personal lives, but also on the air. So people I think it's a great it. idea. I think by the more that we can share on the air to help other people, the better that they're going to benefit from us in our coaching uh, corner. Well, we're both pretty honest about our, our real lives. So we are. So, so far we've got two rules that I think are fantastic. One is, rule one is keep it in perspective. So don't make things bigger than they are. Don't make, you know, mountains out of mohills. Exactly. And the second one is, Always have a contingency plan in place before you need it. So even though you don't think you need a plan B, there, you always got to have a plan B and maybe a plan C. Yeah, yeah. and the nice thing is if you, it's like insurance. If you never need it, lucky you. But if you do, you've already got it. And what happened with my cosmetics company owner, she found that now that she had that the plan in place and she knew how she was going to handle her stress, she wasn't as stressed as she used to be. Therefore, she didn't trigger her illness to, to flare up as often as it had, and, and her illness, her her business actually began to grow. And you know what I love about this, Libby, is how simple uh, a method you gave her. This was so simple, but somehow all of us 
us are guilty of this. When we're so close to something, we can't see the forest for the trees. This is where a coach comes in. This is where somebody else can look at your life and say, whoa, let's back up, let's find something else. So that was brilliant. And look at now she's reaping a healthy a healthy life and a growing business. Exactly. You know what, all of these things, it's common sense, but it's just not common practice. Everybody knows what to do, and they just don't do it. Uh And it's really a matter of building these simple structures into your life and then having yourself or someone else to hold you accountable to it. Well, and I think that's also with goal setting, why so many people set goals and they don't accomplish it is, first of all, it might be too hard, and then they give up one day and they think, oh, I've stopped, so I'm not going to continue. And the reality is what you just said is it could be common sense, but it's not being practical. So you just have to stick to it and have an accountability uh, buddy. Yeah, and it has to be realistic in the first place. I mean, if, if my if my client that I was just talking about, if, if she had done set up some sort of contingency plan that was outrageous, she could never have followed it. But this was simple and doable. It, it worked for her. So I'll tell you one other story, Cynthia. Cause I, you, love, I love these stories. Well, because you know what? Stories teach better than anything absolutely, else. Absolutely. And we've both got our entertainment background in different parts of the industry, but we're both sort of semi-Hollywood folks. So I'm going to tell you about a Hollywood hiccup story. Oh, and I, people love those. I love those, too. I know I you do. Relate. I know. You're a Hollywood sucker just like everybody else, and they're great fun. And I'm down here in Los Angeles, so I'm in the middle of it. But there was a photographer who came to me a while back, and he was named Dan, and he was working on set as a still photographer for the movies. You know, every every movie that's shot, they send somebody out on location, and they take the star's photos, and that's what ends up in all the celebrity magazines and all that kind of stuff. And this fellow had really been around for a long time and had done some amazing work, really talented guy, but he'd noticed the number of calls he was getting, the bookings from the studios was starting to slow down, particularly one of the studios that had been his biggest client for many years. I mean, it was kind of his his base, his home base, that one studio. And he was a little nervous. I mean, it really concerned him that he, he noticed the, the level of the calls and the bookings was almost coming to a standstill. So he decided he would deal with it, which is always a good thing. And he asked for a meeting with the head of marketing at the studio and went in and met with him. And and fortunately, the marketing guy was pretty straight with him. And he told him that the work that this photographer, Dan, had been doing, that the studio brass had decided it just wasn't as edgy, which they love to say as edgy, or as contemporary as they wanted it to be. They felt that he'd gotten kind of dated. And, you know, in Hollywood, that's code for you're getting too old, you've been around too long. Yeah, it means you're older than 30. Exactly. (laughs) It might even be 26 nowadays. And also sometimes that you're too expensive, that your rates, they can go hire a couple of kids and they can do twice as much work for half the rate. But they were ignoring the fact that this was a very skilled guy. So when, when he heard that, you know, he was a little taken aback. It really upset him. But what he asked the marketing guy to do was to put together a meeting with all the head executives so that he could show them, so he could present his latest work to them. And he came in, and the marketing guy expected, you know, some nice photos, slides, that sort of thing, or a book that he would show them. But Dan didn't do that. He put together this full-blown multimedia extravaganza, and he put on a show, and he had effects and music, and he created the entire environment, and he showcased all of his photos and just knocked their socks off. Wow, wow. He really dealt with, he faced the issue that people had a perception of him that he needed to change, and then he dealt with it by taking immediate and aggressive action, and he turned them around so fast. They changed their minds right on the spot. They put him back on the payroll, and he's continuing to shoot for them today. 
Well, do you know what I get from that, uh, Libby? That's such a poignant story, is that so often when we feel that we're being ignored or overlooked or nobody, you know, the phone's not ringing anymore, instead of taking action and finding out what is the issue, is there a challenge, is there a problem, is that we so often run away from it and think, oh, nobody likes me, I'm going to go eat worms. Yeah. And you just decide to go try to find a new client, and you give up. So he realized that he couldn't put his head in the sand. He really had to deal with the issue at hand now if he wanted to continue his work. Absolutely. And I hear from people regularly who read my column or email in, and they're going through corporate mergers of some kind. And this is, of course, it happens all the time, all over the country, consolidation, layoffs, all of those things. And that's the time a lot of people, they want to duck and cover. They don't want new management to come in and notice them and, and lay them off. But I'd say this is the time to be visible. Get out there. Let people know who you are. Take action. Be aggressive about it. Not obnoxious, of course, but be aggressive about it and deal with it immediately. That's really facing it and dealing with it. Well, you know, it's, it is so easy to um, – people don't want to be rejected. I think it gets back to rejection. Mm-hmm. And so many things in life are about rejection. And, again, when we're talking Hollywood, it seems like everything is. Mm-hmm. But unless you face the music, you'll never learn to dance. Yeah, and you know what's funny? I think uh, – and we both have kids. And I, I think sometimes parents really try to protect their kids from rejection too much. And they only set them up to win. You know, they can be in a club that will accept any member. They can apply for something that, you know, everybody's going to get a trophy. And I think, you know, as much as I understand that positive self-esteem and really watching out for kids and making things a good experience, rejection comes with life. And kids have to understand that. And I think we, we somehow we grow up with that attitude of we're always going to be taken care of. We don't have to deal with rejection. And, therefore, if it looks like it's around the corner, we're going to run the other way. Yeah, I agree with you. I agree. And, I, you know, and it's, it's the same thing of rescuing when we're talking about kids, is rescuing kids from not only failures but from any kind of problems or anything that's controversial. You have to get burned to figure out what you're going to do in life. And we can warn people, but you have to live it. You know, you really have to live it day by day so that you don't get caught up in all the hiccups. Absolutely. And, and But I think that what you're talking, when you talk about children, we as parents really have a lot of work that we need to do because the bottom line is we can't live our kids' life. They can only live their own life. Well, they have to deal with their own hiccups. I mean, it's dealing with what happens at school or on the playground or if you don't get invited to something. I mean, it's it's no different dealing with the frustration. And it's the same three rules that we just talked about can apply to anyone to keep it in perspective. You know, really look at how big a problem is this? Is it really the end? And the way we talk about things, our language, too, if we start using that catastrophic, oh, my life is die. If I don't get this job, I'm just going to die. Exactly. Well, you know, this is, I wanted to say, um, this is something that I always think about, like with writing, and both of us are writers, um, is when we have what are called deadlines, <laughs> I absolutely abhor the word deadline, because to me, when I hear deadline, I really think I'm going to die. So I've changed it to timeline. Oh, that's so when funny. anybody's ever saying anything to me, I'll say, well, this is the timeline. And to me, that is another way of uh, creating um, a hiccup. I mean, of avoiding a hiccup, and that is if if you um, reframe it, right? You know, you reframe the information. Uh, absolutely, and and, and people can think that that's a, 
you know, kind of silly or insignificant, but it's not. The language that we use and what we tell ourselves, because, you know, you'll hear those figures on how many thoughts a day we have. I've heard, you know, 60,000 thoughts go through your head a day. Well, just think, if you've got 60,000 thoughts running through your brain every day, how many of those do you want to be negative or words that make you tense up? And it, because it goes to the cellular level, that's the other thing, right. is that it goes into your cells and you, then you have cell memory and you'll remember the negativity. So we have to really learn to let it roll off. I want to recap the rules for handling life's hiccups because I, you just came up with such great, uh, you know, three simple ways that you can coach yourself to success by handling anything and letting it pass, letting it go. So one was keep it in perspective. Absolutely. Keep it in perspective. Decide how big or small it really is. And the second one was have a contingency plan. Right. Put some structures in place so that you've got help and support and you've got, you know that you've got something to fall back on when, when a snag happens. And the third thing is deal with whatever you're dealing with aggressively and immediately. Don't bury your head in the sand. Right. You've got to face it, deal with it, and get on with it. Oh, Libby, this was fabulous. Well, I want all of you to go to Libby's website. You can learn more about her business, her life coaching services, by going to LibbyGill.com. You'll also find podcasts there, reprints of her morning news columns, lots of practical solutions for everyday challenges. You can set up consultations uh, or get coaching, and as she said, she does coaching over the phone. Again, it's LibbyGill.com, and we just want to tell you that every week we're going to be here in the coaching corner the success sisters and we're going to coach you to success and we'll have some really fabulous topics so you have been listening to cynthia bryan and libby gill and libby gill yay libby (laughs) we're going to be back with a great interview and we're going to the stars back in a moment on star style be the star you are thanks libby fabulous coaching corner thanks cynthia talk to you next week i'll talk to you next week this business of show business is all I want to be. World Talk Radio. Never give up, never give in. The ones who will work are the ones who will Problems in the stars will find out how to be happy, healthy, and wise with Vanity Fair's astrologer Michael Luton and his new book, Sunshine. Coming right up on Star Style. Be the star you are with Cynthia Bryan. Stay with us. I'm Mary Hart, and this is AWRT Empowering America. Nancy was born in Chillicothe, Ohio in 1937 and knew by the age of four that she wanted to be a singer. And by age 15, she earned her own television series, Skyline Melodies, by winning a highly regarded talent competition. By the late 1950s, she had signed her first solo recording contract with Capitol Records. By 1960, she'd become Capitol Records' second highest selling artist after the Beatles and their number one selling female artist. During the late 1960s and 70s, Nancy headlined shows in Las Vegas. And by the 1980s and 90s, she began an acting career on both television and in motion pictures. Nancy Wilson continues to exhibit an unparalleled grace in everything she does in both her work and her accomplished life. Empowering America is sponsored by the Foundation of American Women in Radio and Television and is made possible by the generous support of AT&T, caring for the communities where we live and work. 
Listen. The world is talking. World Talk Radio. the star you are showcases incredible authors and experts to enhance and inspire your life be the star you are is a 501c3 charity empowering women families and youth at risk through improved literacy and positive media such as this radio program please go to the website be the star you are.org get involved make a contribution keep our show on the air and we thank you for tuning in you are listening to star style be the star you are with me Cynthia Bryan your personal growth expert and I cannot think of a better person to have on our show than Michael Luton with his new book, Sunshines. I mean, he is all about the stars. So how great is that? He is the astrologer to Vanity Fair. He's a playwright. He's the author of several books. And he shows us how astrology can keep us on course and head us down the path for more joy in our life. Welcome, Michael, to Be Hi, the Star You, you Are. Thank you very much. Thanks very much. Wonderful to be on. Isn't it fun to be on a, a show that has the word star in it? It does indeed. <laughs> hey, it's, you're perfect. You're perfect. Well, you know, it, it always sounds like a pickup line when people say, you know, what's your, sun, what's your sign? And, but the reality is, is that our sun sign, and as your book calls it, Sun Shines, The Astrology of Being Happy, really is important to who we are and how we're going to get along with life. So why don't you tell us about how the sun shines in our lives? Well, the book really deals about the sun and the moon together, and what it's really about is the fact that everybody has a right to be happy. The only thing is we have two ways to get happy. We either steal happiness or we earn it. And the stolen kind is the fun kind because we always run around the back of the barn to get a little bit of that, but it doesn't last. So we have two kinds of happiness the kind that gratifies us in the moment, and the kind that gives us lasting fulfillment. And I can promise the reader that both those issues are dealt with in depth in this book, and that's why I wanted to write it, because we're all naughty, we all, need those, we all have those cravings and needs, and they have to be satisfied. But there are also options that should follow other paths that make us feel happier and more fulfilled in the long run. And that's measured by the connection of the sun and the moon and that's what Sunshines is about. I've had wonderful feedback, thank goodness, from readers. I had a wonderful one on my email yesterday, and she said, I bought your book, I read it, I laughed, I cried, I threw it against the wall. <laughs> and I bought four copies for my friends. Those are exactly the kind of emails that you want to get. I did. I was thrilled to get it. I mean, there are dark sides of this book. It just it very strips away a lot of the defenses we have to show, all the things that we tell ourselves we deserve and then never really get. We stay in a bad relationship too long because we think we're going to get something out of it that's not there, or we leave a good one too soon chasing something that's not there either. And this book, well, this is exactly what this book deals with, the issues that we all have in seeking happiness and fulfillment and prosperity. Well, I wanted to make a couple comments uh, about your book because I love your book. I mean, I have to say astrology because it's so n a number based. You know, I, I always wanted to study it and become an astrologer, but I could never get anybody's thing right. And so <laughs> it's so much fun when I can read a book and it, and you have so much humor in this book. This is not a dry book at all. You read this book and it's exactly like the email. You laugh, you cry, you go, oh my gosh, that can't be. 
So I really honor you, the fact how you have written this book um, and made me laugh. But I also loved the way you took the, the years, starting like from 1901, and you go right up to 2030, and you have coordinated it so that people can look up their sunshine, and then they can find out some of the things that they have to deal with because you give each of the years that you were born a number. Would you talk about that, how you came up with that? It's obviously based on something astrology. It is. It's a technical aspect, and many people don't really need to deal with it if they're not in astrology. Astrologers know that it's about the nodes of the moon. What it's really about is that number that comes after the, uh, when you look up your sign and your year, the number represents a position of the moon's path relative to the earth's path. And that number will get, that corresponds to a certain major issue you have to deal with in life, a, a need you have, a craving you have to give you happiness, but also how you could become very addicted when that need becomes a fetish and how to get out of that addiction and go towards something that's going to make you happier. The number represents just a relative position of the moon's path to the sun's path that year. And I tried to make it as simple as I could for people who were not really into the mathematics of astrology. Well, and see, that's what I loved about it, because as I was saying, you know, the math is just not one of the easier subjects for me. So I didn't really have to do anything here to figure out, you know, any anybody's birthday that I was looking at. You've already done all that work, and then when you give the description, it's amazing how right on they are. And while Isn't I was it, reading your book, I'm thinking wild. to myself... It's it wild. It's my wild. It's wild. It's wild. And I've, I've been doing this stuff for years, and every time I rediscover it, I think, how in heck does this stuff work so accurately? I'm always so blown away by it myself. Does it change, or can you just, you know, like when you figure out all where all the planets are and the moon and the rising and all that, does, does yeah. it ever change, or sure you does. can look at somebody's chart and oh, they're Oh, sure, gonna... because you never know where the person is along the road of their evolution. So you really have to know the person. What I've defined in Sunshines is the profound issues that you have to deal with, the way that you act more when you're younger and the way that you can act as you get older and more mature. But you never know exactly where the person is at until you know the person. What I've tried to define in, in specific terms is what are the issues, where are, your, where are your obsessions, where is the path open to you to be more fulfilled. That's what the book is trying to tell you. But, again, as people grow and change, they do grow and change. Nobody stays the same. You, you're born in a certain way, like if you're born in America, if you're an American, you have, you're, you know, you're an American. You can't be anything else but, even if you move to, you know, to, to South America, you're still an American from born in the United States. So there are certain general characteristics that don't change, but people grow and develop and they become more aware and empowered as they get older. And that's what this book's trying to help people do. Well, and what you do in your book, and again, the name of the book is Sunshines, The Astrology of Being Happy. It's brand new. Michael Luton, L-U-T-I-N. You can go to his website, michaelluton.com. You can even uh, book consultations or you can, uh, you can get, a, kind of get a reading from you, right? Yes, I, I'm kind of booked up, but I'm, I'm always You're probably booked to, up for the next two years, but you can get in line. I'm always uh, happy to talk to people. Sure. Yes, yes. Well, anyway, he's got a great website with a lot of information. It's a very, it's a very fun website that you it can go fun. to. But what I liked, again, another thing in your book that I wanted to point out is you offer a lot of different choices. 
you make it really clear to people, this is where the road looks like it's going, but hey, you don't have to do that. You know, you know, you could be wise. Why throw the baby out with the bathwater? You could. Everybody has options. Even though we all paint ourselves into a corner, we all do it, by the way, everybody. We all go after those things we shouldn't have, all those things we shouldn't do. You know, you always have one more piece of chocolate than you're supposed to have. We all do it. But the great thing about astrology, it shows you that you have options. Everybody has a way out. Nobody, no matter how you try to trap yourself, there's something that you can always do to pull yourself out of it. Well, and that's what, I think that's what people, so often people just read their horoscopes, you know, in the newspaper or in a magazine, and they, they don't realize or they don't take it into consideration that there's always another way. Well, you know, I wanted to ask you, because I didn't um, understand it from here, what about the rising sign? Because in this book you really talk about the sun and the moon. Right. And in what the about the rising of... sign? Is that... Yes, it's just as important, and I said, and I didn't want people to get too confused, but in the appendix of the book, I said, if you do know your rising sign, you go back to the beginning of the book and read it again and read your rising sign as if it's your sun sign, and then you'll get even deeper issues, because these things are so layered and so textured that once you get to the end of the book and you've done the whole thing about the sun, you could go back again and do the whole thing with the rising and go even deeper. So, uh, so basically, the, what the sun signs are saying and what the rising signs are pretty similar. But does that mean that if we attract people that are our own sign or our own moon sign or our own rising sign, is does that work out very much, or it is it depends. better? Depends. Be- you know, I always say to this to people, and I'm writing another book now on relationships. But what? what oh, you good. Know, well, look forward to that one. You'll probably answer it there. <laughs> it's, it's called Signs of Desire. It's going to be fun. But the thing is. I always say this to people. You know, when people say, does Aries go with Leo? Does Taurus go with Virgo? The thing is, if your head is screwed on straight, you can get along with almost any sign because you're having a better attitude toward relationships. But if you have a bad or or a poor expectation of the outcome, it won't matter what sign you get together with because you'll mess it up. So the real issue is to put your whole head together about relationships and not worry about which sign you're going to be compatible with. Oh, I like that tip. In other words, just be your best authentic self. Like we say here, be the star you are. So shine <laughs> brightly from within, and when you are being your best self, then well, you, you will attract Well, yeah, because you're not going to be interested. In, if you have a healthy attitude toward relationships, you're not going to be interested in anybody who's going to give you a hard time. You're just not. You're not going to, you're not going to be drawn to it. Because you're going to be unconsciously and consciously seeking a more satisfying experience. But if you're really reliving old, old patterns from a long time ago, then you're going to be constantly seeking the same thing over and over. Now, uh, I wanted to ask you, kind of this is more personal, but it is so fun when we get to read your articles, you know, um, in Vanity Fair. What's it like writing for a big magazine like that? And especially, you know, you get to predict the future for America. Do you know that I have never, I've I've been doing this since 1984, okay? Every month since 1984. And I have never once been bored with it. To me, it's something new. It's like a kaleidoscope. Every month I'm presented with 12 different challenges I have to think about and 12 different groups of people I have to watch over. 
And for some reason, I've never gotten bored with it. I just love it. How about for yourself? Do you do your own chart for yourself, and do you have a certain method that you follow? I tell people the same thing I tell myself. I live my life completely by astrology until there's something I want to do. (laughs) And then you just do it. We're all human then. (laughs) And then you just do it. And so it doesn't matter if you're doing the right thing or the wrong thing. It doesn't exactly. go by astrology, then. Yeah, because you can't live your life so mechanically. You have right. to you have to use it as a great guide because it's fantastic as a guide. But then when your instincts tell you you have to do something, you can't run to the charts. You have to just do it. Well, I want to uh, also com- uh, comment on your website and let people know that when they do go to your website, which is michaelluton.com, and make sure you put those two L's in there. It's Michael and then Luton, L-U-T-I-N, so there's the two L's next to each other, that you even have weeks in review and people can click on their that area and click on their sign and get what you're saying, you know, what how to live your life. I a, or yeah, I have a daily message with everybody. It's the most popular thing. People love that daily fix. It's called a daily fix. And there's a daily message I put up every day, and everybody gets a weekly. Every All signs get a weekly, and then there's a monthly. And then we have long-term stuff that's on there also. So we are definitely, uh, you know, and people, it's a completely free site, of course, and people really love it, and I've been doing it for four or five years, and I didn't even want to do the site in the beginning, but people were urging me to do it, but I'm glad I did because it's a way to communicate with people instantly. And if I don't, I'm in New York City most of the time, and if I don't get that site up for the next day by 3 in the afternoon, I get angry letters from people in Korea and Australia Saying, oh, hey, it's tomorrow really? already over here. So Let's people, are, people are really just addicted in a good way to it. They probably check it out, and then, you know, they can make some good choices from what's well, happening. we have a lot of life. fun with it, and, it's, and, I, and people have been asking questions about Sunshines on it, and so it's been, it's, been a, you know, it's been a lot of fun since Sunshines has been released, which is just a few weeks ago. So uh, we're thrilled with what people are saying about it, and it's disappearing out of the bookstores and... Thank heaven for that. Yes, last night I did a talk somewhere, and I saw somebody with four, three, I think she had three books under her arm, and then she bought one for herself. I thought, wow, that's nice. Well, you know what? Any author, the greatest tribute, I think, is when somebody buys a book for themselves and then likes it so much that they come back to buy it for their friends. No, oh, they recommend kidding. It. I, mean, I am so grateful like, Oh, it's really that. real. You know, it's really happening. Well, I really love this book, and, you know, if you really want to be have a happy life, we have to choose happiness because happiness is an inside job. And sunshine really shines from within. Michael, you can tell that you, you've got it all together, and you're coming from your heart and your soul. And I just love the way you've written this book. Thanks you know, the, so much. Oh, it's fantastic. The book is called Sunshines, which is like the coolest name. That is the coolest name, Michael. You really That was great. The Astrology of Being Happy by Michael Luton. Go to his website, www.michaelluton.com. Thank you, Michael, for being a guest. Oh, you've been wonderful. Thanks so much. Bye-bye. Keep keep shooting for the stars, and we look forward to your next book. Okay, thanks. Thank you. You've been listening to Cynthia Bryan on Star Style, Be the Star You Are. Stay with us. We've got a fabulous guest coming up, and we're going to be talking about some art for the soul. all I want to be. Dancing in Broadway show on the silver screen. World Talk Radio. Hey, 
want to explore your creative self or help your dreams come true, visionary and musical genius John Sant'Ambrosio tells us about Arts for the Soul retreats coming right up on Be the Star You Are. Stay with us. This is going to nurture you big time. Trust in your heart. Believe in your voice. You make the change. Looking for answers to those uncommon questions? Looking for a way to heal? Looking for spiritual guidance? Come visit www.angelstoguideyou.com. We are all blessed with spiritual helpers, spiritual gifts, and spiritual healing. Get in touch with your spirit. Get answers. Get healing. www.angelstoguideyou.com. Remember, you're not alone. Angelstoguideyou.com. You're listening to World Talk Radio, where the world comes to talk. Well, thanks for staying with us. I'm Cynthia Bryan, your personal growth expert, and this is Star Style, Be the Star You Are. And it's brought to the airwaves from Be the Star You Are charity, which is empowering women and families and youth at risk through improved literacy and positive media just like this radio show. For more information, visit www.bethestarur.org. Well, are you in love with art and nature? I mean, have you got dreams that you have not applied yet? Our next guest is living his dream. He retired, and now he's busier than ever. His name is John San Ambrosio, and he has founded this incredible retreat in and Steamboat Springs, Colorado, called Arts for the Soul. Welcome, John, to Star Style, Be the Star You Are. Oh, thank you, Cynthia. It's great to be on this show. Well, I'm uh, very thrilled to talk to you because we've been talking for a few years about this wonderful, enthusiastic event that you put on every year in the beautiful Rocky Mountains. And it is a conglomeration of music and art and drama and writing, and you bring different fabulous instructors together in this great, great place for these courses. I want you to tell our listeners a little bit more about your love for the arts and then how you're expressing it through the Arts for the Soul retreats. Oh, well, the the truth is I was a musician. I was the first cellist of the St. Louis Symphony for 37 years, and I love music. But I also got interested in writing. I wrote a book called uh, The Day I Destroyed the Boston Symphony. Uh, it's kind of funny behind That's the scenes. That's a great name, you know. <laughs> yeah. And then I, I, I've tried painting, and I love photography. Actually, in my brochure, some of the photos are once. I just got interested in all of that. But I also was very interested in the fact that many people, um, as they get more mature, don't realize what potential they have and what they could do with their lives and how art and uh, exploring art uh, and specific arts, for instance, say you, many of our people come and they just take one thing. They may be involved in painting or watercolors or some others will go into photography and they'll spend the whole morning out in the, with great photography teachers, you know, photographing the, the Western uh buildings that are here in Steamboat Springs, which is an incredible place, and the mountains and the streams and everything. Then I have musicians come, and we have 
uh, they'll just center their whole morning. Uh, everybody works for about 20 hours the, the week for this week session, and they'll pour themselves in playing chamber music or, or singers will be in choral chorales. And then in the afternoons, people can go out and explore all of these other things. And at night, what we do is we integrate the arts at that point, and you, so the artists will hear concerts, the musicians will see art demonstrations and how it's done and what they do. Um, then people will read their essays, and uh, it's an incredible community that we do. And I, I did it because I wanted to support adults and like myself because I, you know, I've been playing for almost 50 years in major orchestras. Um, I wanted to show that I don't stop when I leave the St. Louis Symphony. I'm playing concerts all the time now. Because um, it's your passion. Music is your passion. And you're, yes, it does. What, it, oh, when it, I see that the arts for the soul, it's bringing people's passions alive. Yes, I, I really think this. And the people, they love it, and we are a community. I think uh, there was a wonderful writer, uh, Abigail Trafford, who wrote a book called uh, My Time. And I have everybody read it before they come. And it talks about three things, and one of them is community. Uh, when you do this, it's wonderful to have support from other people. Uh, some of the, the artists, for instance, are very advanced, and some are just trying it almost for the first time. And then it's the same in every one of these fields, and so we have all levels of people. But they do support them each other. And then another thing that's so wonderful for us, you know, us mature people, uh, is, is having mental stimulation. And the arts are probably one of the best mental stimulation that you can do. And uh, then another thing which she brings out, which I think is so important, is purpose. And one of my dreams is that these people that come will give back to the community. After they've picked up some more skills, for instance, in painting, that they will go back and perhaps do something that they will give to their family or to other people. And, for instance, one of my great uh, art teachers, Jean Perry, who's recognized all over the country now, and she's, uh, she's a, one of the many, many leading artists here in Steamboat because Steamboat has become like a flowering cultural center of the Rockies. And there are art museums uh, with Western art. There are all kinds of galleries that are growing. Uh, it's becoming like another Santa Fe. And she is a marvelous artist, and she did not really get serious until she was 50 years old. And they're just doing a show at the Art Depot now. Well, She's but isn't my... that exciting, John, that oh, people yeah, can repurpose? They're finding a new passion at, at another stage of life. It's like another chapter in a book. It is. It's that's another so, chapter that's of their life. Yeah. And you're, you, as the visionary that you are, are bringing out this purpose. You're bringing out the arts that linger in all our souls, but so often during our busy careers we don't take the time to enjoy them. I think that's so true, and I've, we have um, all ages here, uh, believe it or not. Um, I would say the uh, a lot of the baby boomers are a, lo a large portion of what we have, but we also have um, uh, much younger people, and one, one young man who came, he got so involved in photography that he's now doing it professionally, and he's actually an accountant, but on the side he's doing that. He's just was blown away by the possibilities, and, and our teachers are so wonderful that he went on. And actually, so what you're um, providing, John, is you're providing an avenue for people to explore 
a, a, an art that they may enjoy and they may be very good at but never took the time to do it before, and you're in an environment that is so enriching and so alive and so beautiful that the art kind of just comes out. It bubbles forth like champagne on its own. Oh, I think that's so true, and uh, this is an incredible place. The Yampa Valley, it's one of the most, well, where we are housed, we, we live in these up above the mountain in these beautiful condominiums, uh, which actually have elevators, but we're surrounded by nature. I had a bear the other day, uh, but this they don't have to worry about now because this was in the fall. <laughs> uh, a bear came up to my window, my sliding glass door, and I was right next to it. I turned around, I was a foot away from him, and he's looking at me. And I couldn't believe it. We have fox come up, so we're close to nature. We look out 50 miles to the Flat Top Mountains and the Yampi Valley below, which is an, all of this is an inspiration to us. And we have this wonderful community that just, you know, is so excited about all these different things that we're doing. And uh, we, what we want to do is really give back to, to the world uh, what we're putting together here. And many people who didn't think they had it uh, are really surprised to find out what they can contribute and what they can do and to become absorbed in an art form just even for a week is a wonderful uh, experience. Well, you, on your website, which is artsforthesoul.net, you actually say, come discover your gifts. And I thought that very aptly applied to what you're doing there because you don't care what level of expertise or any expertise. People from beginners to advanced can come and participate. The only thing that you're asking is that they have a love for the arts and that they're willing to explore the process and get involved. And I was very impressed with the variety of activities that are after the classes because, as you said, you create a community, but there are hot springs there. There's bird watching and horseback riding. Uh, there's all kinds. There's a hiking. Of course, the hiking is, is fantastic there. And then, then the normal things like golf and swimming and tennis. So it sounds like Steamboat has everything, and Arts of the Soul is providing the complete, the complete package so that people can go learn to express themselves and enjoy it and have a relaxing vacation at the same time. Yes, I, I think this is so true. And uh, if we find that the people, uh, if someone were to ask me, well, do many people take heights or do they go to the hot springs or do they do this or they do that, I would say that it's kind of split up, though there's a tremendous amount of interest in this old western town, which has kept so much of uh, so many of the qualities that, that it's always had. It's not changing too fast, thank goodness. And the people love going to the art galleries. We have this incredible uh, Western Art Museum that's just opened up, and they love going to the galleries and the shops. Then, yes, many people go on hikes, and many people go on this, but some people don't ever go on a hike. They just go visit all the cultural things that are in the area. Then well, other and that's people... what I think I want to emphasize there, too, is that... I think we, uh, well, a lot of people, when they think of steamboat springs, they either think of hot springs or they think of skiing in the winter right. because it's such a great ski place. But what you're saying and is ha that steamboat has become a cultural center. It's become a cultural hub of all kinds of ideas and art and music. Yes, you're so true. That's so true. When I came here, uh, I just retired here a year and a half ago, but I first visited Steamboat Springs 20 years ago, and I started a festival which is a nationally acclaimed festival now. I am not with it now because I retired from it, but it's called Strings in the Mountains. There was not one string player in this town of 6,000 people. Now they have an orchestra. 
Now they have choral groups. Now they have dance groups. Now they have drama. They have everything that's going on in this community. And it's the nice thing about it is of the, all these wonderful, famous mountain communities like Aspen and, and uh, Breckenridge, etc., um, it's the smallest one. It's a, more remote than the others. We're surrounded by wilderness, but, but the city itself um, is growing in the sense not so much as population. We're now about 9,000, but we are growing in all these arts. People are becoming involved, and many people are moving here, like me, who just loved the atmosphere that's here. It's with the mountains. I'm, I'm looking up the mountain. I'm looking out the mountains from where we do this um, uh, seminar. And we just, you know, we were, we were drawn to this wonderful place by the fact of nature. But now that we're here, we are, you know, just filling ourselves filled with art. With art, and you're so grateful to be there. I know every time I've talked to you, John, you are so excited about where you are, what you're doing. It's like there's not enough days, you know, in the in the week, in the year, in the rest of your life <laughs> to enjoy all the things that you want to enjoy and do all the things that you want to do. Oh, and, that's so true. And I, mean, I, I, love, but... But I love the idea that Steamboat Springs uh, is offering is still very small and remote and in the wilderness and filled with nature, yet it has all the cultural uh, amenities as well. And what I really, and I'm, I'm excited, by the way, I want to announce that I'm going to be one of the instructors yes. at Arts for the Soul, and I'm, I'm really so looking glad. forward to, to doing that. But the thing that I think is so key is that people really, at your retreat, will learn to connect with their creativity, whatever that may be. And then also through the interaction, not only of the instructor, uh, instructors, but with the other people there, because basically you are together in these condominiums, and you form this community for the time that you choose. And people can choose, what, one week, two weeks, or three weeks? Yes, they can choose that. They can choose the housing they want. They can have a whole small condominium to themselves, or they can share um, a condominium with uh, with several other people. And it probably usually it's... We have two-bedroom condos, too, and sometimes two friends or a married couple will come. And that's another thing. We have a reduction in, in uh, fees for anyone who doesn't want to do the art part, but they want to just come and, you know, join the... Well, I'm really glad you said that. So, in other words, if you have, if one person wants to come and be part of the Arts for the Soul retreat... They can sign up for that, but you can bring someone who just wants to hang out in, in the western town or go to the gallery, right. you know, do their own thing. They can play golf, they can play tennis, they can fly fish. We have incredible fly fishing here. We have all of those things. So they, and we have a wonderful health club with tennis courts and everything. And so they can do all those things. And now what we're doing, and this is a new thing, this thing is, this is the fourth year and we've been involving, evolving. And this last season we had uh, five students from 13 to 17 who were incredible talents. I've been teaching them here, and they're sort of like my daughters. Uh, I have two daughters that are famous musicians, and one's a concertmaster in San Antonio, and the cellist is Sarah. She's in the Eroica Trio. They're just like my daughters. They're incredible. And they played with people who were 60, 70, 50, etc., and both sides loved it. So what I'm now doing is bringing in some of the young, talented uh, people in in the arts, and so it it may be seventy or eighty percent adults, but there are some very talented kids who are mixing with them, and we're also 
we're ex- so the bottom line, John, is is that this is an adventure for all ages. I'm going to send people to the website and give out your toll-free number because right. we're coming to the end of our hour. The right. name of the retreat is called Art Through the Soul. It's a totally creative process. It is fabulous. John Santambrogio is such a visionary, and he's the artistic director. For more information, you can call 800 299 6811 and go to the website because everything is there www.artsforthesoul.net artsforthesoul.net and once again the phone number 800-299-6811 and John can you just wrap it up quickly for us well I I think it's so wonderful um, what you've said and I think that really helps. Uh, by the way, arts is a, is plural, and I just say that because often when I go on the radio, uh, the people don't quite hear that that uh, that the plural. So let's say it one more time: www.artsforthesoul.net. So A R T S. So get inspired, get motivated, get your creative juices pumping, and. Take a week and go to Arts of the Soul in Steamboat Springs, Colorado. John, thank you so much for being a guest on Star Style, Be the Star You Are, and I cannot wait to join you in Steamboat Springs. You've been listening to Cynthia Bryan on Star Style, Be the Star You Are. Thanks for being great listeners. For more information, you can go to star-style.com. And until we celebrate next week, go out, make it a great day, look in the mirror and admire yourself. You are a wonder of creation. Be the star you are. Bye-bye. See you next week. Show business is all I want to be. Dancing in Broadway show on the silver screen. Singing lovely songs of love is all I ever dreamed of. This business of show business is.